Hello and welcome to The F Word, the magical world of web standards, browsers, the internet and everything in between. I'm Bruce Lawson, speaking to you as always from sunny Birmingham in the United Kingdom. I'm Vadim McCabe, coming to you from uh, Berlin. It's very sunny here, very hot, 27 degrees already. Thirty here, Vadim. You guys don't know you're born. And talking of hot, we have another guest this week. The hottest cat who looks a bit like Mark Zuckerberg but isn't a fascist in the tech world. Of course, friends, Romans and countrymen, I give you Mr. Jake Archibald. Hello, Jake. Hello. I'm, I'm glad you don't think I'm a fascist. That's probably the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Um, but I'll, I'll take it, because it is true. I want to be clear. It is true. You are not a fascist. But yeah, it is. It's 30 degrees down here as well, or whatever it is. And uh, I, I had the, the window behind me open, because air is nice. But the neighbor's children are playing loudly, which is fine. Like I said, I'm not a fascist. But it means I've had to close the window, so I will, uh, yeah be sort of losing my energy through throughout the next few minutes as I just sit here and uh, just ride out the room on a wave of my own sweat. So that's something to look forward to. Well, for our regular listeners, you should know that we can see each other on video. So basically, I can see if Vadim starts yawning or anything. But uh, I can see there's a large black cat behind Jake draped on the windowsill. So yeah. I assumed you closed the window because didn't that critter go missing during the lockdown? That is the one. That, yeah, we have two that look the same. And that is, but yes, that is that is the tree one. He's far too fat to climb trees now. That's it. We, we kind of, we figured that was the, that was the best way to stop him climbing trees is feeding until he's fat. But he is, yeah, he's suffering in the, in the, in the temperatures. The reason he's giving me the evils here is he would normally lie just behind my keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, he keeps me company, but that's where the microphone is. So he's, you know, he feels like the, you know, the machine has taken his, taken over his bed. So this is a, this is a passive aggressive thing you see behind me. Yeah, we better keep this episode short. Yeah, yeah. We don't want, but what actually happened to your cat? Didn't disappear for days and he got stuck up a tree and the fireman had to get him or something. Stuck up a tree for six days. Yes, uh, we <laughs> went through emotional turmoil thinking I had lost the cat uh, until we you know, kind of even decided, well, there's a cat gone and died and whatever. And because uh, I, I thought I could hear him from a bedroom because uh, there's, there's a kind of cemetery in a woodland area. And so at night, like on a still night, I would sort of call to him and I felt like I could just about hear something. And it turns out I could, thought I was going going mad at the time. Uh, and yeah, this, I, like we'd given up, just about given up ever seeing him again. And uh, I went into the woodland for about the 10th time and uh, finally just sort of... <laughs> Heard some noise and then looked up and saw two, because I had the torch at the time, two little glowing eyes looking back at me. Little prick. So yes, we had to... What's this? What's the rule on swearing in this podcast? I mean, it is the F word. Well, I suppose you have censored the name of it, though, haven't you? So like, No, there, there are no rules on swear. Well, well you have to do it in right. English, so I can understand it. That's good. Okay. But then, yeah, so it was... Uh, they, uh, the fire brigade came out and uh, <laughs> set, set some traps for him. And then after... Six days, he decided, nah, he just had enough and made his own way out of the tree. Waste of everyone's time, really. Well, talking of waiting a long time for something, Mm. the reason we got you on here isn't because we like you, because evidently we don't. But not a fascist. It's it's for, you hate me for different reasons. Not a fascist, yeah, I want to emphasise that. That thing you said to me in the pub that time. (laughs) Um, Talking about waiting for ages, view transitions. This is a spec that's got me very excited. Every spec gets Vadim excited, but he's a geek but i just look at the world very jadedly and go but actually this thing is dead exciting and and you invented it didn't you or you've been its midwife its doula wow it was a it's a team effort bruce right but the uh it was something that i've been trying to persuade the big google house chrome specifically to to take seriously for about five years if not more yeah, that was it was hard work, uh, but eventually they, they they did go. Okay, maybe maybe we should listen and uh, put a team together and and yeah and so yeah my part in it was was kind of feature design uh, and spec writing, but yeah along with others, it's not just me. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The specs get punted around by loads of different people, and then loads of C plus plus minions actually write the stuff. But it, yeah, it, all these things need a 
they need a champion to get them going and i suppose that's that's you if you want to you know big up somebody else as well feel free i just haven't paid that much attention maybe some people w- wouldn't know but uh but i left the the big google castle <gasps> um i know yeah like did did a did a resignation all over the place and then uh Ugh. and yeah and and so the, so depending on when this goes out i'm either between jobs uh taking a a, a nice break or i am an engineer at shopify uh joining my old pals uh Jason and Surma and a bunch of other people as well. So yeah, in terms of like championing view transitions, of course I'm still championing it in spirit because I, I, you know, still want it to because there's still lots of work to do there, uh, and I know they're still working on it, and I hope they do a good job of it. But it's not not me directly anymore; just me complaining from the sidelines. That's my favourite place to be, actually, because you can mm. piss and moan, but actually you don't get the blame. Well, this is this is kind of how my Google career started as well, is because I was pissing and moaning from the sidelines about AppCache uh, ten years ah. ago, and yeah, that's that's a lot easier. And then I joined Google, and they went right. Well, y- you've created an uproar. Now it's your turn to fix it, um, which you know be- became service worker. So yeah, that was I can get I can get back to just shit posting now, which is yeah, it's much easier, much easier. It is. So so for the uninitiated, given that we don't have we're recording the audio and there's no video, so you can't wave your arms around. Tell us what view transitions is, if you don't mind. Right. Yeah. So it's basically page transitions. So. Let's say you've got a bit of an interface that, that says the name of the player or the user or something. And, you know, at some point it's going to change from logged out to Samantha or whoever is now, you know, the name of the person logged in. Typically on you know, web development, you, if you're, if you're a low level, non frameworky person, you're going in and changing that text node or whatever. Or if you're a frameworky person, you're, you know, doing the React thing where you're redeclaring what the, the tree should be and, the word in that node is is different, but under the hood, React is going to go in and change what's in that text node. So over in native apps, a lot of them have these nice looking transitions from one state to another. Things slide around, uh, zoom in, zoom out. Uh, it looks fancy, but I think it has purpose as well if they're designed well, because it kind of shows you, you get like an impression of the structure of the app, you know, if something's sliding in from the side, if it's kind of zooming up from the bottom, like depending on the kind of menu it is. So when my PowerPoint slide goes up in flames, it's transition as well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, obviously that sends a particular message depending on the content as well. But it's kind of like, well, why can't we do this on the web? And because, you know, if you're working in a framework in an SPA kind of environment, like, Sure, you can do what you want. You can have, you know, do a crossfade, slide things around, but people still don't tend to. And the reason for that is it's, it's, actually, it's actually really difficult because, you know, even just a crossfade, you've got that state in the middle where you're going to have both the logged out text and the user's name. And they have to both exist for you to do even something like a, a crossfade, you know, but also things like a slide. So then you've created this kind of this extra state in your DOM which is complicated just in general, but particularly complicated in terms of accessibility, because now you've got both bits of text there. That's something a screen reader could pick up on. If you've got interactive parts in the outgoing bit, then you know the stuff that is kind of notionally going away that is now clickable still as it's going away. One of my favorite things to, to do on, like, well, not just web apps, but also native apps that have a transition is like, can I click that button twice? And quite often you can, and you can crash the app or create some very, very strange uh, state. So uh, what we did was rather than have this system where you have both states alive at the same time, it's like, well, what if, what if we could have like, it wasn't the DOM that was duplicated, but some extra thing like, so you, the, the outgoing thing, it, it, it wasn't the DOM you were animating, but some kind of view mm-hmm. of the DOM. So you could just have that single change in the DOM but the animation was done at some extra level and all it took was some uh, clever browser engineers to to think that up and go and put it in a browser and those people were microsoft because they did a very similar thing in ie4 uh, back in 1997 or, or, or wherever it was they had this this kind of meta element you could put in the page that would trigger a, a transition between pages and it, it it's a good idea because you don't have that duplication of dom during the transition so we kind of essentially took that concept and thought, well, can we make it do cleverer things? 
Can we, you know, take it through a web standards route? Can we make the animations customizable with CSS? Uh, and it turns out, yes, we can. And, uh, yes. And that's, uh, that's view transitions. The cat has now jumped up on the, on the desk and is looking very unhappily at the microphone. So we'll see what happens. We, ha- we have another guest. Yes, absolutely. Don't worry, Jake. Our listeners are not, not the kind of intrepid warriors to be put off by the sound of a cat uh, growling into the microphone. Interesting, because we, we were talking with um, Thomas Steiner mm. a couple of editions ago, and, and Vadim was generally mocking him that half the things that Fugu's tried to do were in IE4. <laughs> hey, and, and then look, the other half will be in Flash, right? Like, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is where we're at. Uh, we're, still, we're still solving some of the problems that Flash solved a long time ago. And in fact, and I, I guess I haven't really made this connection before, but Flash had this thing where you could... Uh, you know, take what's there on the screen, and because uh, obviously, you know, Flash is all vector-based, uh, similar to a lot of stuff in in the browser. Um, but you could bake it onto a raster-based. Let's call it a canvas. Why not call it a canvas? Because that's what the browser equivalent is. But yeah, you could take what you know what was displayed, bake it onto a canvas, which would let you do similar things. You could take these interactive elements, bake it onto a, a, a texture into a canvas, and then you could move that around you know whereas like the you've changed the stuff synchronously in the background but you've got this thing that you can involve in the transition so yeah once again we're just uh you know filling in the blanks that <laughs> old ie and uh and flash created when they went away uh, speaking of influences uh i remember at some point when uh, apple managed to develop some uh, a bit more powerful hardware they started to animate ios interface and I saw uh, a video of such transitions for the first time, slowed down three or four times. And it was obvious that they take in screenshots and then morph in it. And when you look at it uh, at a slow speed, it's super ugly. But when you're looking at it at 1x speed, with an actual speed of animation, it looks beautiful. Like they're really transitioning from one state to another. Is it the same thing that's actually happening for view transitions? Have you looked at transitions uh, at slower speed? Yes. Yes, so it is, it's a very similar thing because you the the outgoing thing is essentially a screenshot that is being sort of as an image moved around, stretched if that's what you choose to do, but certainly like you know rotate, transform all of that sort of stuff uh, from its old position to its new position. The new state is a live screenshot, so you're still playing around with what feels like an image, but if the underlying thing updates, then your screenshot is updated as well. But yeah, like you know this this we took a lot of influence from. I can't remember what the uh, Apple system is called, but the Google system is, uh, the Android system even, is is shared element transitions, which was also an, an earlier name for the thing, only because there was nothing better there. Like, I, I didn't like the name at all, but it was kind of like, my, my view was, the name is the last thing we should look at, right? Let, let's design the thing, because once we design the thing, maybe the name will become more obvious. So when I uh, gave my first talk on it uh, last year, at, at Google I.O. Like, uh, online. It was a pre-recorded talk, but I called it page transitions simply because I don't want to say shared element transitions, but basically because you're not animating the elements themselves and the elements are not shared in, in any way. <laughs> so it, it, yeah, it was, just, it was just the wrong name other than it was similar to the Android thing with the, the same name. Uh, but yeah, we sat down and thought, well, what, what is it? What's, what is it about this system that is different to animating elements around and it's like well you're not animating the elements you're animating a a view of so there we go that's that's how the name came about so it's yeah it's not the platonic element it's it's like the the fire shadow in the cave of elements (laughs) exactly but it's interesting so yeah i mean names are important because it's not it's not shared and it's not elements but view transitions does that mean that the purpose of this spec is largely cosmetic it's to it's to sexy up stuff and, and, I, and i don't think there's anything wrong with cosmetic you know if, if it makes things feel nicer for punters and makes web developers want to use web rather than native that for me is a goal in and of itself it's entirely cosmetic and that's that's the benefit of it is is that it's you know when you try and do this stuff yourself yeah, you, you end up having both the old state and the new state around in the DOM at the same time. Now you've got a thing that isn't cosmetic, right? It's, it's got a, you know, a screen reader can see it. You've got things that can receive 
focus, things that can be clicked, like it's you've created a behavioral difference. So yeah, very explicitly, the idea is to create a, a, a cosmetic difference. That's not to say that it is just like, you know, fancy visual shit. It's like the, the idea is that you can communicate, you know, if something slides in from a particular side, that can mean something versus it sliding in from the bottom or the, you know, the right or, or wherever. So yeah, this stuff has a, has a purpose in terms of user experience beyond just pretty stuff but yeah the effect is deliberately cosmetic it's baked in you don't have to think less which i thoroughly approve of particularly in 30 celsius but also the more you have to think the more there is to get wrong the more there is to accidentally get wrong when you're copying and pasting and it it more it's more gatekeeping for junior devs if there's you know necromancy just to uh slide something in but it also occurs to me that it's the kind of thing that in websites which i believe cool kids are now calling multi-page apps and i'm calling them sites <laughs> you could actually make things look less websitey and more web appy because things are transitioning rather than refreshing and that could be a great way to at least discourage people from whacking great big spas when they could just use a website with some view transitions was that a goal or am i just uh, overthinking that yeah it, it, it really is i mean a, a lot of the the stuff that i was interested in and, and working on standards wise through my time at google was was about like closing the gap to what other platforms can do uh it was yeah if it was to do with performance or something native can do i was interested in it yeah this was a big a big part of that it's like can we make web apps feel more like native and i think these transitions are are a key part of that like i say it's it's something you could do already in an spa if you worked at it hard enough but no one does because it is just it's just too difficult you, you mentioned that your your role in this uh, spec and this feature was uh, one of the roles is was uh, feature design and uh, how many iteration did you have well as far as i see at least two but maybe there were more um yeah I, I, it's difficult to call because there wasn't they never felt like a point where it's like, oh, that's an iteration done. Let's all, you know, go home for the weekend and we'll do the next iteration next week. But there was definitely an evolution. A lot of it was kind of coming to a realization that we wanted to make sure we were just enhancing a DOM change. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of stuff that sort of feels obvious speaking about it now, but it, it took a lot of back and forth at, at the time. So yeah, when you create a view transition, there's a method that you, like a, a callback you give it, and that's where you do your DOM change. That lets the feature know, like, okay, we're currently in the before state, capture everything, right? We're now in the after state, we can capture everything. So knowing that timing, uh, the callback is part of that. So for a while, we didn't really know what to do if if we knew that we couldn't create a view transition, or if you had explicitly skipped uh, the view transition uh, before that. And that's when we kind of came down to it. It's like, we always need to call this DOM change callback. Because even if we know we're not going to do a transition, a transition is a, is wrapped kind of like a an enhancement for a DOM change. We still want the DOM change to happen. Uh, so little bits of the API drop out of that. Like you'll typically be calling these objects once you create them a, a transition or a view transition, and then uh, if you want to skip it, it's dot skip transition, which is something we generally wouldn't do in API design because it's it, it typically you know it creates a a, a tautology, right? You, you know what you've got. You're calling like, you know, skip on it, but we want it to be really explicit that you are just skipping the transition. You are not skipping the DOM change, which you have provided to the view transition thing. So there's, yeah, a little bit of that came out, but yeah, we, we, we did a, a few, uh, little focus groups or whatever, where we just like showed bits of the API to people and said like, you know, based on this method name, what do you think it does? What do you think it does in these uh, various states, uh, cases? And, and we changed the API in, in response to that. Um, and also the CSS working group had a good hand in it as well, particularly around naming, actually, the CSS working group were, were great. Uh, but whenever we had like a, an instance where internally, you know, we, we didn't have a, a strong agreement, like we disagreed on something, we were just able to take it to the CSS work, working group and say, look, we've got these three ideas, which is it. And quite often they'd come up with a fourth, which was better than our three ideas and, uh, and off we went. So yeah, it, it, it felt pretty collaborative, not just inside Google, but also with, uh, between the other browsers and, you know, other folks at the CSS working group as well. I also like the way that, um, you know, because it's it's web and you're enhancing stuff, so it uses CSS 
transitions or CSS animations, doesn't it? Yeah, so that was a tricky part of the naming, is it's CSS animations. And that, that was another thing that kept getting brought up in the in the naming. It's like, it, does it make sense to call this view transitions when the feature actually uses, by default, uh, is CSS animations? Uh, and yeah, we went back and forth on it, and we just thought, oh, look, if you ask anyone what this is, they say, like, if it involves the whole page, they'll say it's a page transition. If it's just a part of it, then it's like a, you know, it's still a transition conceptually. Oh, it's evidently, it's evidently a transition, but, but it's more I'm enjoying the fact that we, we've got all these these Lego bricks, other, other plastic building bricks are available um, <laughs> in, in the specifications that we can, you know, we didn't design CSS animations with a view to view transitions in the future, but because they were designed well they are pluginable we didn't have to reinvent that bit of the wheel it's yeah and and when it came to the dev tools the actual view transition parts these screenshots they all live in pseudo elements mm-hmm. um which is how they sort of don't mess too much with screen readers or, or certainly shouldn't if everything's working correctly so we, we are in dev tools we already have ways of exposing pseudo elements like you, you that's how you can style like before and after. So it's like, okay, we've already got that part. And it was like, well, okay, what I'd really like is to be able to work, you know, when a view transition happens to be able to, you know, debug it, to be able to pause it and maybe like, you know, scrub through it. And someone on the team said, well, we already have that, but not for view transitions. We've got it for just all animations. And it's like, oh, I never noticed that panel before, but oh, that's perfect. We've already got debugging tools because we haven't invented anything incredibly novel. That was always the plan. Um, but the idea of using pseudo elements for storing all of this stuff that, you know, I can't, I can't take any credit for that. That was uh, Kushal uh, on the engineering team uh, said, why don't we use uh, pseudo elements for it? And that kind of really unlocked the whole design, I think. Just the last question about the uh, the historic or, or, or the heuristicity of the design. You mentioned you got inspiration from IE4. Was it actually somebody looked at IE4 and thought, ah, they're not, they are taking effectively screenshots and moving those around? Or did somebody come up with the idea independently and somebody else go, I bet that's how it was in IE4? It, it was more, uh, yeah, it was closer to, we, we looked at what iOS and Android were doing and it was screenshots. And then as we were discussing that idea, it's like, uh, you, you, yeah, this is the same pattern that IE4 used. Um, yeah, animating independently. Um, but they, you know, they didn't use pseudo elements. It wasn't customizable other than, mm-hmm. uh, picking some things off a shelf. Actually, there was a, a, a super like early iteration of few transitions where it was, just you know picking from a menu of a few different transition styles it wasn't a design i was fond of because of the lack of customization it it was a case where i I made it known quite internally that i thought this was the wrong way but i kind of got a bit overruled and so my plan there was like if they're not going to listen to me maybe they'll listen to developers externally so i wrote this article about that iteration of the design you know here's a origin trial for it here's a few demos i built and i was very careful to speak like very neutrally about the feature uh, and then you know the article goes out and everyone on twitter's like well this is dumb it doesn't let me do what i do jake what are you doing you're like you're ruining everything and i'm like yeah okay thank you very much and it's like i could just go then with this big bag of letters internally saying look it's not just me i'm not just making this up like please listen to me on this and and they did uh, so that's that's how we got the the customizable version that we have today. There is a, a huge two-part article published in Smashing Magazine in October last year, mm. and it's still and it's still there. I think I, I should probably ask uh, someone to to add a banner like it's deprecated and it's not going to work anymore. Uh, it's called "Delightful UI Animations with Shared Element Transitions API." Mm. It uses the previous iteration, I believe. Oh, interesting. Ah. Okay. I mean, I know there was, a, there was definitely a smashing article that used the new system, but just with old naming, I guess. Um, but may, yes, maybe they did one on the old system as well. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's not it's not in Chrome anymore. I mean, they're, they're, they're using the old name, but uh, I'm not 100% sure they're using the old API, so it's it's hard to tell. It, it's a, it looks a bit different from, from the modern demos. That's the, I mean, that's the whole thing about, like, you know, stuff that's behind a flag in Chrome is it's is it's not ready and it's liable for change. The actually, it's it's a an argument that I have with a lot of people who are, who champion 
JPEG XL, which I'm sort of indifferent to, but I, well, it's, it, I, I, I like JXL for progressive rendering stuff. I like it for the high end, like for, uh, in terms of like, you know, if you, if you want something that's visually lossless, but, you know, uses a bit more data, it's, it's better at that than AVIF, which is, I, I find it works a lot better for acceptable loss, much lower file size. But the, the, the JXL folks, and I think they know what they're doing, but they, they spin a story like, um, that Chrome removed JXL, uh, JPEG XL, but it, it, it was only ever behind a flag. And I don't think it counts as removing it from Chrome when it was never sort of shipped. But now Safari shipped JPEG XL. It's, I wonder what's, what's going to happen next. So the way Safari works with image formats is it just defers to the operating system. Right. So it, it tends to be, yeah, it's like, it's less that Safari, like Safari can block formats that the operating systems supports but it will always be using the operating system uh, version of the codec. So that's what we're seeing here is its, it's support is for GXL's landing in macOS and Safari is going to uh, allow that through uh, and along with HEIF, like, uh, that kind of stuff. Now, so there's actually a weird thing and I don't know if it's still true in Safari. It was last time I looked. So they would allow lists which uh, codecs on the operating system they, they wanted to use um, for decoding. But with encoding, they just let everything through. So, and this might still be true that when you, uh, on the canvas element, tell it to encode and you pass a, a MIME type, you can actually encode two formats that Safari cannot actually decode. Oh, that's funny. Just down to that asymmetry. The kind of weird formats like PDF, you can encode to using a canvas and all the formats like GIF, but also, yeah, HEIF, that kind of stuff as well. But I, I suspect what will happen now is we'll probably see the other browsers add JPEG XL since Safari is. So uh, View Transitions API is shipped in Chrome 111. So it's been uh, three months already. Yes, yeah, so that's the SPA side of it. So this this is like between two DOM changes, but they're currently working on the version that works between pages, which it was designed to do from the start. It was just, you know, we did, you know the idea was just to ship incrementally. Uh, so I'm, I've been keeping an eye on on the GitHubs and uh, providing bits of advice where uh, where where I feel enabled to uh, for for how to how the cross document version of the API uh, will come about and the the key part of advice that I've given them uh, or requirements and I don't think they should deviate from this requirement is that you should be able to use the same animation definitions for the SPA version as the the, the cross document version and I think you know the, a part of that reason is just to make sure that the API is like similar to use it's just basically the same feature so it should feel similar but also allows you to share bits of of transition code between cross document and and same document transitions isn't that a no-brainer i mean under what circumstances would you not be able to would you name them differently so that something that you worked spa wouldn't work across documents yeah there was one engineer who who seemed to be going that direction for a bit i think i've talked them around like one example I, I use is like on Twitter or a number of web apps. I'll use Twitter as an example, but a number of web apps use this technique where if you click a link, it will do an SPA navigation to the next state, except if they know that there's been an update to the app in the background. Cause then that's something that these long running web apps, like your Gmails, like Twitters, uh, these things that people keep over for a long time, they, they care about this. So they'll take the opportunity when you've clicked something, it's like, oh, this is a good opportunity to reload. So instead of doing the usual SPA thing, we'll do the MPA thing and, and reload as we're going there. So I keep saying is that, well, it would be nice if you still get a transition and it's the same code. The developer hasn't had to rewrite the code. But with the SPA thing, like advice so far has been like, if you want to create a particular animation, a particular transition between two particular states or a different transition because it's a back transition versus forward the advice is well you're in javascript land anyway figure it out in javascript and put a class name on the document element and then you can hook into that with css to do different css things that's not going to fly cross documents or it shouldn't it'd be nice to see if we can do a declarative way all the way through so that might mean you end up with something like a media query that tells you this was a back traversal uh, so you can customize your transition uh, during that but that also means like well hang on we've now created a high level way to do this, we should make sure this high-level way is available for SPA as well. Like we, we, it was no, we didn't have to do it for SPA at the time. We could ship without it because you're in JavaScript land anyway. 
but if we're adding nice high level convenient ways to do this stuff because we have to for cross-document transitions we've got to make sure it works for the same document as well and anyway and that's that's sort of the requirements I've, I've been giving them and we heard similar advice from mozilla as well when we were talking to them about the api and you taught that engineer down yeah you taught them around did you stick them up a tree for six days until they <laughs> promised to uh uh, look, API design in the browsers is is hard, and I feel like I can whinge about this now. I don't have skin in the game. Like, compared to other systems, you don't get second chances very often, right? We kind of did with Service Worker being the second thing of App Cache. We kind of did with the Navigation API being the second version of the History API. But it, look, those opportunities don't come around often. It needs to be like a huge overhaul to 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 be able to make those changes. So you got to get it right first time, really. Or, or it's going to be 10 years before you get another go at it, at, at least. Like web components, V0, V1. Exactly, exactly. It took, it took a while. Yeah, and it's, it's also it's hard to get developer feedback on this stuff. And, and I, I think this is something that I, I would like <laughs> the browsers, uh, I guess particularly uh, Google Chrome, because they tend to be sort of leading the way on these features, to find out a, a better way of getting developer feedback. Because we put this stuff behind a flag no one really uses it. Like, very, very few. So you don't get a lot of feedback. Origin trials are okay. This is the, So for anyone who doesn't know, this is a way that you can use a special meta tag to unlock these features before they're ready. And then, you know, these features will expire, which is kind of the, the, the way of preventing the old vendor prefix CSS stuff of, of, of yesteryear that, you know, just resulted in a similar lock-in. The origin trial stuff works really well if... There's a subjective measure, like, did this thing make the page run faster? You know, did, does lazy load work? It's really good for that because you get to use field data. It's less good for the more subjective stuff because it tends to be Chrome will be working with one or two large partners on an experiment. And then it's either the partner makes it work or they don't. And I, there's a kind of uh, an incentive that if the partner, and it will tend to be like a big web company full of geniuses who are able to work around a bad API, if they get it to work, they are incentivized to say, this is great, ship it so we can use it proper um, across all of our users, not just a you know a, a section or, or whatever. Um, they're not incentivized to say, there are some problems with this, please spend another six months getting it right. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I think there's a, a better way out there. I just, I, I just don't know what it is, but there, there are problems with the current system. I remember when the, some browsers shipped, maybe was, was it Chrome or some other browser, uh, shipped the first implementation of uh, Grid Layout. Hmm. It was Internet Explorer or Edge, I believe. It was. Oh my! Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It was uh, like the previous version of the spec, like the one of the first. It was a bit different syntactically, but still, uh, people would say this thing is designed for the whole page layouts, like twelve column layout or something like this, to align your header, footer, your side column, and everything. And when I would use it for, I don't know, aligning an icon inside of a button. People would say, like, you're misusing this feature. Use a flex instead. Don't use it on a such small uh, thing like a button. Going back to, to, to a view transitions, do you think it is possible to use, like, for tiny interactions? Like, you're uh, pressing a purchase button and your thing goes inside of a cart across the page or, like, for, for tiny things? Like, is it possible? Is it actually possible? Does it make sense? So, first up, I, with Grid and Flexbox... Like I am all in on grid. Like my, my attitude now, I understand. It just seems like a much simpler system to me. I will use grid for everything except the stuff I literally can't do with grid. Here, here. So, so like, um, flexbox where, you, you know, you need wrapping. Like it's, it's, it's a single dimension, but it wraps like, okay, you need to use flexbox for that. And there's some complicated distribution of spacing that I'm not sure you can do with grid. You can only do flex, but yeah, anyway. I'm all in on grid, no matter how, no matter the size of the uh, of the, the UI component. With view transitions, right now, it, it is the scope of the transition is the whole document. Document .start view transition. Now you can say uh, by default the HTML element, uh, the root is involved in the transition. You can tell it not to be, and you can kind of focus it on a more like a specific component, but you can still only have one transition going on at a time. 
Right. It it might be enough. It might be enough. I I don't think it is. I it might be enough for particular use cases, but not for all of them. When you say one transition, do you just mean one element can do a thing? No, one transition. So like you know, your transition can involve as many elements as it as it wants. But you know that that one transition that starts, if you try and start an, another transition before that one is finished, the old one will skip to the end. But one of the things that I was kind of really happy with that we did as part of the feature design for this. And I was glad that folks at, at Chrome gave us the, the time to do it. We stopped and we went and half designed some future features because we, well, I started to get worried that I, I'm worried we'll make a decision now that will stop us doing some stuff in the future. Mm-hmm. So let's stop and let's think about some of these future features we might want. Uh, one of them was, um, so, so right now when you, you have a, you do a view transition and you get these screenshots, these screenshots are all siblings of each other in the, the pseudo tree which tends to work pretty well because it means you can move things visually from one container to another without worrying about clipping because they're you know they're they're actually kind of you know siblings in the transition but there are cases where you want them to be nested so you're like okay let's sketch that out let's sketch what that looks like and we did and that actually influenced some of the design of the feature that is shipped now to enable us to do that in future and the other thing we looked at is yeah what if we want to run multiple independent animations at the same time and that's why we've got document.startViewTransition because it leaves the door open for element.startViewTransition. And that will be a, a transition that is rooted to a particular element rather than the whole document. And that will let you have two transitions operating independently as long as the, the trees uh, of the elements are separate. And we've sketched all that out. So I, and I'm sure this sketch is half-baked and it's full of unanswered questions, but it gave us enough to go on to design the system that we released with confidence that we've got a good chance of, of being able to actually ship the yeah the multiple elements thing. At least there's room for extensibility. We don't exactly know what that extensibility looks like right now. Exactly, yeah. And so we did that for a bunch of other features as well. And again, because we you know we don't get second chances, so in, in like, you know, a lot of other systems people listening to this might be used to designing it's like oh you realize oh it, we need this to be a different shape to accommodate this other thing you just change the shape of the thing you just you know ship an incremental update or, or whatever um if for compatibility reasons we we, we we knew we don't get to do that so gotta think of it all in advance and hope we get it right yeah as, as sage archibald says folks you heard it here first <laughs> web api design is like life yeah it's no rehearsals. You only get one go at it, and if you mess it up, people will hate you forever. I think there's a country and western song in the writing here, isn't there? I'll <laughs> just go and get my guitar. You guys talk amongst yourself. Where, where, where is this, by the way? Is it only in Chrome? Is it only available for SPAs right now? Is it in coming to other browsers? So the so the cross document version is behind a flag in Chrome. I, you know, obviously, I can't speak for the shipping dates for other browsers. Um, all I can say is like they were very well engaged in the CSS working group, you know, which is something I'm really thankful for because a lot of the input was, you know, went into making the feature as it is now. It felt collaborative. The CSS working group does have a little funny thing where, you know, people don't, when something gets to go into the spec, it's not because it was universally agreed on, it's because no one objected, which is different. But folks in the other browsers know that if they want to disagree with something or they don't like it, then objecting is is the right route um so i i think they're fine with what we've got <laughs> I, I i hope that i don't expect like a major redesign uh once other browsers start looking at it i've got my fingers crossed that it will be in next year's interop but it's it's not nothing to do with me anymore i just have to you know sit on the sidelines and have my fingers crossed like everyone else but nobody said they hate it and uh there's been you know people from other browsers contributing and collaborating on it which is always a good sign yeah, yeah, uh, certainly uh, contributions in terms of discussions and I think on some of the GitHub issues as well. It's only been Google folks on the spec, I believe. But that's not abnormal, is it? And, you know, it's it's perfectly normal for it only to be people in one team writing the spec, but with collaboration and interest from other people. You know, I remember that from my days. Exactly. Look, I am I am actually positive about other browsers shipping this. Uh, it's, I'm just trying not to, I don't know. Don't jinx it. Yeah. 
not that I believe in that, but I just, I, I guess I, I'm careful, careful not to speak for them either. Very, very, uh, very statesman-like. I just got, got back from CSS Day in Amsterdam and I met uh, Miriam Suzanne and uh, at mm-hmm. CSS Cafe event on Saturday, she quoted some folks from Mozilla objecting scoping in CSS because why would we need scoping in CSS? Because we already have uh, Shadow Doom. That kind of feedback sometimes happens. Like you develop feature, you're ready to ship and then... Other browsers just deny the possibility or like they're they're just against it. I can trump that when I was trying to persuade people that the picture element was a good idea. So you could, you know, send really nice high res images to retina displays, but not send loads of bytes down the wire to somebody with a small black and white Nokia. A few luminaries and friends of mine from the uh, from the web standards world, the WG said, we don't really need that, do we? Because soon everybody's going to have super fast broadband <laughs> and uh, <laughs> super fast processors. So, uh, Bruce, I just wanted to mention I'm still waiting for my broadband in 2023 in the middle of Berlin. So, <laughs> Really? Well, we heard the same about service worker stuff for like the offline use cases as well. It's like, you know, is this a problem anymore and, and, and that kind of thing. And and Chrome like objected to pointer events uh, when it first came out. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's not the end of the road just if a browser objects to it as well. So I thought Rick Byers invented pointer events. No, uh, no, he was one of he was one of the key objectors initially. It was, uh, I believe, Jacob Rossi who worked for uh, Edge at the time. Oh, status quo bloke. Is he? Was he status quo? Is he a status quo bloke? Isn't he the guitarist? Is he a guitarist? That's cool. <laughs> fucking crappy old nineteen seventies rock band mate. It was Francis Rossi, wasn't it? Oh, it was Francis. I, I, I did not. I know. I know status quo. Like of the you do. free free chords. I just look. Here's here's the thing. I'm just not such. I'm just not as big a fan as you, Bruce. So I don't oh. know their individual names. Oh, I don't. I don't. You know, pray to the shrine of status quo. Ah, uh, whatever you want. <laughs> So you, you, you mentioned that you're out of this world now, um, and you've told us that... Uh, I'm going to put that on the poster. Bruce Lawson says, Jake Archibald is out of this world. <laughs> oh, yeah, you put it, yeah. <laughs> Five stars out of this world. Uh-huh, but, uh, uh-huh. So yeah, you're out of the world of web specking. Are you really? I mean, what are you, well, going, what are you going to be doing at Spotify? Shopify. What's the difference anyway? Well, what's the difference? <laughs> are you like chief exec of fun at Spotify in Sweden? I... <laughs> So do you know what? This is the thing. I'm, I'm. A, it's a little bit. Um, you haven't started yet, right? Have you? You're in your break. I haven't started yet. So I do think it's, it's a little. Well, and this, this is what happened when I joined Google as well. This is kind of like you start there, and then it. I'm like, well, what do I do now? And they're like, oh, just, just have a look around and see something that needs done. Um, I do know that Shopify are looking at view transitions. So I, I guess if I, if I wanted to be productive very quickly, then. I guess I'll go talk to that team, but I, I am also seeing it as an opportunity to go and do something a little bit different. I won't be sad if I get to do web standard stuff again. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it'll be a different shape because it will be sort of pleading with the browsers uh, from the outside rather than having, you know, a little bit more power and control, I get guess, by being within a particularly big browser. But I don't, I don't know for sure exactly what I'll be working on. It's kind of scary and exciting at the same time, but ah, I don't know. Even at Google, when people... It, people asked me what I was going to be working on in the next six months. I never really knew. Something always something always came up, just as view transitions did. So basically, Bob Shopify just came along and went, get me Jake Archibald. We need a Jake Archibald. And you're just going to sit on a, sit on a velvet cushion on a yeah. granite throne surrounded by statues of Anubis. And- let's, go with, let's go with that story rather than me going to them and saying, please... Please get to have a job. I think I, I need, <laughs> think I need to work somewhere different. And you, you seem pretty good, you know. I mean, the truth is, I was just missing Surma too much. Got to get the band back together. It's, it's going to be a real change of pace, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's been how many years? Ten years at Google. Oh wow. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. Part of the furniture, mate. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit. Well, I tell you what. Actually, the, the weirdest bit was interviewing. You know, because like I say, I, I did interview at Shopify and I did interview other places as well. And uh, let me tell you, I did not like sitting on the other side of the table. You know, I did a lot of interviewing folks uh, during my time at, at Google. It's much easier interviewing people. Turns out, doing, doing a code interview. I hadn't done a like a code interview for ten years. It's, yeah, here's an insight. Sometimes. 
you know, I talk about my employer like I just did, or my previous employer like I just did. And that causes a certain number of devices to think I'm talking to them. And that's <laughs> that's what happened there. And it, it kind of it stole away my um the 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 kind of the focus of my earphones at the time. So I was like, so, something's all going wrong. But it, I looked around to see my phone displaying the the previous three sentences I'd said. Uh, so that's what was happening there. Well, that's interesting because my my uh, Android device just fell on the floor and pulled out my headphone cable. So obviously my Android device has been controlled by your voice. I, I knew I knew there was a sinister plot. It's trying to get away from you, Bruce. That's you should take that personally. <laughs> I think. Yeah, well, at least it's only my phone rather than my cat that hates me. <laughs> <laughs> he loves me. He's here purring and like it's not, he's yeah. snarling. He's snarling. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's not like you've got a board of the merry world of web standards and uh want out no it's it's actually one of the the bits i expect i'm going to miss most like there's a, the, you know a lot of reasons for leaving google ranging from sort of long-term to short-term things mm -hmm. like it was there's was no one single reason well, 10 years is a long time to be in one place yeah oh exactly a lot of time to get jaded uh in particular but it, it's yeah, I I kind of I looked at other roles where I would be doing web standard stuff directly, and I do think Google is uh, Google Chrome is the best place to be doing uh, browser based web standards work. Mm -hmm. And I did worry that if I looked to go somewhere else, uh, assuming they would give me a job, I think it would just be a shitter version of the job I already had, and I think that would make me much sadder than going and doing something you know, taking the opportunity to do something a bit different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, it, you know, so 10 years of doing web standards, doing DevRel. And so I'm moving to a role that's kind of more engineering focused. But yeah, if it, if it involves bits of web standard stuff, I, I won't be sad. You're going to be writing code. I know. I know. It's, I hope I can remember how, I mean, it's, it's the sort of like the, the, brackets but the wibbly brackets right it's, it involves a lot of the wib wibbly parentheses and sometimes like numbers that start with like letters i don't know it's very it's very all very confusing but i'm hoping i can uh you know remember some of my i, I was going to say computer science background i don't have a computer science background i have a <laughs> multimedia background uh, my flash background uh <laughs> see if i can remember how to code i i think you're doing yourself an injustice because only recently i think on the twitters we've seen a picture of you as looking very young being given some award or something by a luminary <laughs> for something computer related uh yeah i think i i won uh, a website building competition when i was at school of the age of 15 or something and yes i will i guess we'll put it in the show notes um yeah, oh yes <laughs> yes that needs to live forever you said that you were a bit worried that you know you wouldn't have any power in web standards anymore because you won't be working for chrome you won't be working for a browser vendor does that really matter i mean yeah yeah if you are you know bob heffalump from idaho who just comes out to GitHub, you might not be listened to immediately. But if you're Jake Archibald, who everybody knows and presumably somebody loves, <laughs> my cat loves, um, people will listen to you, even if you're not actually, you know, employed by Google because they, th your bona fides are known. Or does it actually depend upon working for a company that actually might put the money into writing this? Well, I, I mean, maybe I, it's something I hadn't considered actually. But you know, it took. I hate referring to myself in the third person, but I think it's it's required here. Jake Archibald of Google Chrome DevRel it took five years to convince Google Chrome that uh, page transitions were required. Maybe, maybe Jake Archibald of Shopify, you know, listen to more. <laughs> <laughs> that would, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be very wouldn't that be silly wouldn't that be very silly wouldn't that be well we'll see we'll see i'm pretty sure they they hired a talented uh, front-end engineer uh but everything comes with with jake and it's, it's going to be useful <laughs> at some point yeah yeah they've hired, they've hired somebody who knows his way around a bit of javascript and you've got that um that lovely sort of jake glazing as well <laughs> well, it's because it's thirty degrees here. That's what the glazing's all about. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no, I'm thinking like a like a like a nice Eccles cake with a like, oh. sort of glazing on the top. Never been described as a cake before. I'll take it. Do you know? I, I went to I went to a cake shop the other day, and there was a sign saying "All cakes one pound." So I said to the bloke, "I said, uh, can I have that one?" He went, "That's two pound." And I went, "What are you talking about?" He said, "That's Madeira cake." Oh my word! <laughs> See, Jake. I'm going to have to be the internet's funny man now. You're all corporate and wearing a presumably a, a white coat like uh, Ronnie Barker in Open All Hours. Behind a, so this is very it's very Anglo-centric. All these references, Eccles cakes and Ronnie Barker. 
<laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, 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 very good. Yeah. I was I'm trying desperately to remember a cake-based joke that only works in a northern accent, but I, yeah, I can't remember. It's, uh, it, it, uh, well, go on. Let me just, let me just see if I can power through it. Uh, a guy goes into a cake shop uh, in the north. Let's say the north, because I don't think I'm going to do a specific accent. And he, you know, points at the cake behind the counter and goes, Hey, is that Madeira cake? A meringue? He's like, well, you know, it's not meringue, it's Madeira cake. Yeah, exactly. We can edit Jake's one out later. Yeah, but, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I need a page-long explanation of... Yeah, I mean, it really hooks on the thing of, of like, uh, in the north, you, would, you, you might say a meringue to actually mean, am I wrong? Ah, Oh. <laughs> yeah. When I first knew you, you we, we were conferencing together. You were all around the place, saying, waving your arms around behind a microphone, saying, Use fucking service workers, man. That's, yep. Would you mind signing off at this, the zenith of your web standards career, mm. by telling everybody to use fucking view transitions, man? Oh, okay. I could do it in Carlisle if you want. Yes, please. Like, all right, mate, just fucking use view transitions, like. There we have it, everybody. Just, fu- just fucking use them. I mean, come on, man. Like, don't be a fucking dick about it. Just, just use the, view, just use the view transitions. You know. I mean, like, what's, what's the point of not? What's the point of not? Just gun yam, open your laptop, and do some view transitions. Yam is home. Yam is home, by the way. Oh, is it really? In, in me in me home language, yeah. You were getting a bit kindling there at one point, it's like <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about, like? Hey. Oh my God, is this neck? Yeah, there you go. Use yeah. your view transitions, you great big... <laughs> I, can't, I can't do Scouse. So, it's a sad day, potentially, as uh, Jake and Jake leaves Google, but I'm sure it's not going to be the end of an era as uh, Jake leaves a loving embrace of Messrs. Uh, Bryn and Page and goes to Shopify, um, where I have no doubt his reuniting with Surma will be uh, emotional and lovely and possibly the subject of uh, a mini-series on HBO in the not-too-distant future. So, uh, Oh, that'd be nice. So, yeah, out with the old and in with the new. Hurrah for Jake and view transitions. Yeah, hang on. Uh, uh, am I am I the old going out and is someone else the new? What's the like? Wait, wait. You know, or am I? Because I, you know, I'm feeling like older these days. And it's a metaphor. Don't. Oh, don't sorry, mate. Okay, can't okay. Interrogate a metaphor. It's not a bleeding promise. On that note, I'm going for a bit of a lie down and some. Yeah, I think I need a lie down as well. But I'll be thinking of you and some counselling after speaking yeah. to Jake for an hour. Good luck. Thank you for joining us, Jake. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Until next time, folks, it's goodbye from me. Okay, see you in the next episode. Hang loose and be groovy. Bye-bye.